Welcome to Brock Wilson Blueprint Pulling Back the Curtain Show. This is the show to learn about what it would be like to work in a particular career. This is where we pull back the curtain on what it is really like to walk down that career path in a particular industry. In today's show, we're pulling back the curtain on being a Paralympic athlete and working in the para-sports field. Today's guest is Australian Paralympian Trevor Hearth, a man with an inspiring story that has touched the lives of many. I'm beyond excited to share this interview with you. It was insightful, inspiring, and at times, emotional. Such was Trevor's passion for inclusion in sport and lifting that stigma around disabilities. This one is a cracker. Stay with me. Well, soon-to-be Australian Paralympian champion, Trevor Hurt. Thank you for joining us. Uh, pleasure to be here, Brock. Um, yeah, soon to be champion. I like the way you're thinking. But yeah, uh, Tokyo 2020 or 21 will be my uh, first Paralympics. Uh, pretty excited about it. Um, all going to go ahead, hopefully. Um, so, well, yeah, exciting times. Qualifying, Joe. That's that's a tremendous achievement. Thank you. Thank you. Now, not the first achievement in your Paralympic career, Trev. Am I right there? You've had a bit of a bit of a rap sheet of uh, medals and achievements across the journey. Yeah, so I've been involved in the Australian team since like 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, collected, I think, maybe 13 international medals, uh, a few titles along the way, uh, Oceania title, uh, a gold medal in Belgium, uh, maybe a few. Uh, unofficial international titles, mm-hmm. New Zealand, Fiji. Um, I think I've collected six Australian championships uh, in singles and That's maybe good. a couple in doubles and teams, things like that. So yeah, always need some teammates to boost up those uh, those medals and the, the doubles. So yeah, um, being pretty lucky to do a lot of travelling and yeah, been quite successful. Fantastic. Well, and, and Tokyo is the next step. Now, it's been delayed. Obviously, it was Tokyo 2020 uh, before the big pandemic hit. Um, where are we at with that, trip? Uh, well, I'm pretty confident it's going to go ahead. Mm. Uh, like 99% confident. It won't mm. be the pandemic that stops it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the number one reason being... Uh, Tokyo Olympics and Paralympics, they are together as one event, sure. even though they're held on different days. Mm-hmm. And if the event doesn't go ahead, well, the IOC, IPC, mm-hmm. they don't get the funding from the TV rights and would pretty much go bankrupt. Right. So, so if it doesn't go ahead, you can always kiss goodbye the Olympics forever. So, so it's, sort know, of like, all, it's sort of a model where money is invested up front to prepare the athletes and the facilities and the rest of it. Yeah. It's yeah, assuming it's, it's that that like, payoff's going to, going to come, yeah. Yeah, it's like most sports tied up with broadcast rights. That's mm-hmm. that's how sport is around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is a lot more to do with the Olympics. There's like the, the athlete village where the, the, the housing has actually been sold off and mm-hmm. there's already, what, 15,000 residents that don't have housing at the moment. So they should have been in there a year ago. Yeah. Um, but like we, with COVID and all that, um, all the protocols in place, like it's kind of being like a big hub. And yeah, I'm, they've released a lot of the information about the protocols. It's it's going to be 
pretty standard. You know, we're pretty strict in Australia and sort of understand um, how it's all been done with all, you know, a lot of sports, especially the um, Australian Open tennis recently. So, sure. yeah, I'm pretty confident um, it'll all run run smoothly. Mm. Won't be as exciting. Maybe the crowds won't be there and um, there won't be as much so- social interaction with Sure. Um, I don't know. So, what is the COVID situation in Japan like at the moment? Oh, so Tokyo hit their worst probably about two months ago mm. and started to have some some lockdowns, some soft lockdowns, not not um, not so strict like where bars and um, gatherings closed at like a curfew, maybe eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, and the numbers have come down in the past month or two, and I think they're just starting to get. The vaccine rolling out over there. Sure. Uh, but even even without that, it's going to be our own hub for all the athletes and yeah, a lot of testing, a lot of um, yeah, yeah. I think the the fourteen days before flying to Tokyo, there's all contact tracing for mm-hmm. all the athletes around the world have to have a, a contact tracing sheet, and so that means that everyone's almost going to be only doing the essentials those 14 days before flying to Japan. So, and that, that includes everyone like media officials, uh, sponsors, corporate. Um, yeah, that's, that's all going to be like that. So I think we're in pretty safe hands. Um, so yeah. what's the current date at the moment that they're anticipating kicking off? Yeah. So Olympics, I think starts in June mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Paralympics, begins at the end of August mm-hmm. and goes into September. So, yeah, that's um, – I don't know the exact dates off the top of my head, but that's sure. – uh, yeah, that's when it's all going to happen. I think we're allowed to fly into Tokyo seven days – or fly into the village mm-hmm. uh, seven days before. Yeah. Um, before the competition starts. So, if I was – I think Table Tennis is playing on the first day. And so then I'm allowed to fly in seven days before that, get settled, do some training. Uh, but some sports don't start till the second week, so they might miss the opening ceremony, things like that. Sure. Um, well, yeah. this is, I'm sure this is a combination of a bit of a dream for you. Um, have you played on other international competitions of this scale before? Yeah, I've been involved. I've qualified for two world championships, um, mm-hmm. played in three, one didn't have qualification. Mm-hmm. So I've had, yeah, did it. in table tennis, from a pure sport perspective, mm-hmm. the world championships are a higher level than the Paralympics. Is that right? But the para- Yeah, but the Paralympics are a showcase event. Like I not see. as many play, not as many players get to qualify for the Paralympics. Mm-hmm. So it's like the field is narrowed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the world championships, you're guaranteed you're going to have the top 15 from uh, f- from each uh, each class there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're the two main avenues to represent your country is through the Olympics and through the World Championships? Yeah. High performance targets sort of start at the regional level. So sure. for Australia, it's Oceania. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's not a it's not as big as saying winning an Asian championship or European championship because they've got it's a much tougher fields over there. They have uh, bigger funding opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So our high performance targets um, are based on world championships and Paralympics. There you are. 
So tell us a bit more about that, Trevor. What's it, what's it like representing your country? I see you've got your green and gold on right now. Um, yeah, representing why, us, why not? Yeah, representing Australia at an international level. Tell us about that, those experiences. Yeah, what so it's, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Like you always um, are respectful when wearing the uniform. You sort of you know that oh, if, you, if you're travelling in a group, you know that others are always looking at the Australians, you know, the, the uniforms, <laughs> uh, the bright yellow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the canary yellow or Aussie gold, <laughs> as we like to call it. Yeah. Uh, so you always, you know, want to be on your best behaviour. You always want to, uh, like, on and off the court. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's pretty special. Like, it, I sort of went from amateur player into representing Australia mm-hmm. almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might go into that a bit a bit later if you want, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, and, like it's you get to a stage where you, you maybe you take it for granted that right. you've you, you earned your way into the team and like you, you're so focused on your individual performance that mm-hmm. like okay, I, I, I'm I'm comfortable representing Australia. Like it's it's not like something as amazing as first stepping out in your first first match. Um, sure. But, but lately through COVID, um, uh, the, the team coaches and team captains uh, set up, um, we had a lot of Zoom meetings online as sort of everyone has um, mm. over this time. And That's right. uh, we've really set our um, uh, parameters for, for team values. Mm-hmm. So that's really something where we um, have pride in wearing the uniform. We look after each, each other. Uh, we care for each other. We strive for excellence. We celebrate mm. excellence. We celebrate the little wins. It might be in training, or it might be, you know, taking a set off a number one opponent or sure. something like that. Where uh, we really have a strong bond in our team. It's probably formed over the last twelve months. Um, like that's we've always been. Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting to hear, Trevor. Because you you wonder about that at a you know. Outside of doubles, table tennis is obviously an individual, well, probably perceived as an individual sport. Um, it sounds like you yeah. have some pretty strong team dynamics there. Yeah, you, you have to be driven as an individual to, to get success. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you can't do it without your teammates, you know, especially, mm-hmm. like, training opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. You know, um, table tennis players with disabilities don't grow on trees. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a limited... Um, uh, players sort of based in Melbourne, so I can get some good op- training opportunities. And yeah, the the, the Vicks and the um, Melbournians are pretty close. Um, um, we we like to think we're better than everyone else. Before, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, not, exactly. we're, the, we're the ones that bring in all the medals, you know. Um, right. So, um, so uh, uh, Victoria in particular is producing some success in Melbourne. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, there is some of the top. Uh, players from some of the other states. I won't name them. But <laughs> um, hello, if you listen. Nah, yeah, 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 yeah. G'day Adelaide. G'day <laughs> Queensland. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're yeah we're we're a really close group, and I can't wait to to represent Australia at, at the Paralympics. Mm-hmm. Um, not just being a part of the table tennis team, but the the, the big team. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be pretty awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. I can <laughs> can't wait. Love your face, Trevor. It's it's really yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, it's going to be big. Yeah, yeah. So. That's, ex- that's really exciting. 
Well, it sounds like it's going to be a really memorable moment for you. Um, tell us about some of the other memorable moments you've had uh, in your table tennis career, perhaps uh, any big victories or medal winning opportunities you've had. Yeah, there's been a few oh, big oh, memorable moments. Probably my first, uh, my first tournament was in Thailand mm-hmm. and I, I, I reached the final um, and I got to play against the, uh, the winner of who came straight out of the London Paralympics winning the gold medal. Wow. And his name, his name was Rung Rog. So we call it Rung. Rung. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, <laughs> the pressure was, uh, uh, the pressure was on, I tell you. So he was basically treated like a king in Thailand. Wow. He, um, he won Thailand's first ever Paralympic gold medal. And I get to the final and there's like three TV stations covering it. There's a general from the army watching in the crowd. There's this, there's the CEO of Singer Beer um, there as well. So like, I, I kind of didn't realize all this at the time, but the TV cameras. Yeah. And so that was maybe a bit of a baptism of fire. How they sure. call it? Yeah. The, the um, yeah, the, the TV cameras and all that. Like, it just appeared at the at the, at the final, mm-hmm. and it was like it was a bit of a shock. Like, I, I enjoyed that the attention, I suppose. And, <laughs> uh, Great. Yeah, I, I didn't. Mm. Yeah, I didn't get the win, but it's a real memorable experience. Um, that's for sure. I reckon my best win um, was I. Uh, Maybe securing the 2017 Oceania title, mm-hmm. uh, which was a round robin, robin event, not a, not a, a playoff in a final. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was like, I went into there maybe a little bit underprepared. I was uh, under under a lot of pressure to to win it. Um, that 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 qualified me for the 2018 World Championships. So, and, would you have struggled to qualify without that, without a victory there? Yeah, yeah, I, I had to win that to, to gain direct qualification, and yeah, I, I did. I, I performed really well. Like, um, I, I don't think I dropped a set, but wow. like, I, I felt really under pressure. Like, mm-hmm. um, not, not, not. Yeah, I wasn't confident. Put it that way. Um, I didn't go in confident. I, I, I went in uh, having a challenge. Um, but yeah, I think that, it, uh, pressure like that can really reveal character, Trev. So it's it tends to go one or two ways, those situations. You either perform above yeah. your usual level or significantly below. It sounds like uh, yeah, it's, able to rise it's, to the occasion. It's that pressure where you are the favourite to win. Uh, of course. And, you know, it's, 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 so it's a little bit... <laughs> yeah. yeah. You kind of like to be the underdog, you know. That's uh, right, yeah. But, yeah, being able to perform under pressure, I'm pretty proud of that. Mm. Um, for one-off games I reckon I had a big comeback uh, overseas playing a tournament in Hungary mm-hmm. um, yeah, I played a guy who was like maybe he was 6'6 six, six, big wow. big dude uh, <laughs> yeah Gabriel a lot Gab- of table coverage with the wingspan there I imagine yeah absolutely um, <laughs> yeah, his name was Gabriel Semi from Slovakia mm-hmm. and I, I think I came from Two sets down, and I was down seven two in the fifth set. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a lot of family and friends there cheering him on. Ah, and so I, I, yeah, I, I called, 
I called a timeout to settle my nerves and uh, wow. ended up coming yeah, coming back and win the game maybe uh, in a tie break in the fifth set. So, Reminiscent yeah, just, of the Australian Open was a moment like that with the timeout to compose herself. There was a player the other day that had that, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a, a, a yeah, the old tennis players with the dodgy injury timeouts. <laughs> was was yeah. this an injury timeout as well, Trev? Or? No, this is a this is a normal timeout. You're okay, allowed to have so a you one can call timeout. a timeout whenever you want, essentially. Yeah, you allowed one one per match, and yeah. I, I I didn't have a coach. I just mm-hmm. I was there traveling by myself. Had a had um yeah, just think about the tactics. Came back and changed changed it a little bit and yeah, fought back to get the win. So yeah, that was that was a big one. Um, Showed some maybe. Exposure there. Yeah. Without the coach, that can be uh, particularly difficult. Yeah, I'll, be, being a self-taught player, um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident of knowing my own abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, tell, well, tell us more about that, Trev. You know, we've spoken about you at a world championship and an Olympic, Paralympic upcoming level. You know, where did it all begin for you? Yes. So how I started playing mm. from a kid. Um, my grandpa had built a table we had under the carport out in the, at the backyard mm-hmm. and I would you know, knock about have a bit of a hit every now and then maybe family holidays things like that mm-hmm. and there's always like a, a rec room where they've got a ping pong of table of course yeah the classic the yeah. table tennis staple is always a favourite yeah that's it you know everyone I'm sure has had a go at the table tennis one stage in their life mm-hmm. and then maybe high school or end of primary school, I started playing a club, uh, Western Suburbs of Melbourne, mm-hmm. and sort of got into like playing local comp, mm-hmm. um, started to be a representative at school level, so made the school team, did quite well, uh, played more comps around Western Suburbs of Melbourne, various different clubs, uh, but mainly for social reasons, you know, just to get out yeah. there, play a bit of sport, love tail tennis, good, yeah. good camaraderie, Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother and my dad was involved in the clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I did that until maybe age 27 mm-hmm. and then took it took a year off because of work commitments, you know, sort of lost interest a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, came back and then I got discovered by my coach um, who was a former para player. Wow. His name is Mick Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Mick invited me to uh, play in the foot. The Australian Championships, which were going to be held at Ballarat. So, and, so Trev, when you say discovered, so you were playing at a club level, were you under a para classification through that, or was this? No, nah, no, nah, I'm uh, just I'm just playing at the local club, just not normal matches. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, p- playing against playing against everyone, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the yeah, the coach noticed I had like disability with my leg. He saw me sort of limping, and goes, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're interested in playing." Paralympics mm. and I, I had no idea. You know, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not missing an arm or anything. You know, I'm not. How, how do I qualify for, for Paralympics? Mm-hmm. And he, he sort of explained to me, look, you you go in, and you get you get classified. So they put you in your category. Mm-hmm. You have you have a medical examination, you have a technical examination, mm-hmm. and then they also they assess you in competition to mm-hmm. see like your balance and things like that, how much power you have. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so they put me into the uh, most severe category of standing players. 
I so see. if I if my disability got worse, mm-hmm. I couldn't go down anymore. Um, I, I could play in in wheelchair level. Um, if if I wasn't able, uh, you know, wasn't able to walk or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so and that's so sort of what yeah. is your what is your disability, if you don't mind telling us? Uh, yeah. So f- from birth, it's a neuromuscular disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's similar to cerebral palsy, where the messages from the brain don't get to the muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort it affects all four limbs mm-hmm. and my torso. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I've got um, like a bit of scoliosis in my back as well. I've got a curved spine. Yeah. Um, like one leg is shorter than the other because mm-hmm. of this muscle deficiency. So I walk with a limp. Mm-hmm. Um, my I don't have good strength in my hands, so I don't have good grip strength. Uh, my my thumbs I can't give a thumbs up. They're a little bit. Uh, every time I give someone a thumbs up, it's like, oh, what, you, you want a lighter? You want to smoke or something? You know, it's, um, Might have to use a different finger, but be careful there, mate. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I sort of, it brought me into a world of learning about disability um, sure. ever since joining the Australian team. Like, seeing so many different athletes, um, of yeah, all, all sizes, all different shapes, uh, robotic arms, robotic legs. Wow. Yeah, it's really so, opened my eyes, yeah. So tell me about that. You know, you mentioned that your classification was, um, you know, the, the lowest level of a, of a, of a, of a standing uh, athlete in table tennis. You know, your competition that you would be playing against, do they have similar uh, diagnoses as you do or are they the different circumstances? Yeah, or how does yeah. So a, a lot of players would have, uh, balance and power issues mm-hmm. um, so there might you know a lot of um, sort of medium cerebral palsy um, mm-hmm. you might have um, uh, players who had polio when mm-hmm. they were young mm-hmm. um, so they don't have use of their legs or they have limited use of their legs sure uh, but usually it's three three or more limbs affected I see. Uh, or, or really severe in the legs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, mine's all four limbs, um, medium affected. So that sort of gets me in um, yeah, into that category. I, w- I would say that if my thumbs and hand strength was okay, I would be like in the next in the next tier, in the sure. next class. Um, and then once you, once you go up to the one after that, you, Visually, you almost can't see a disability in some of the um, the athletes. Yeah, there's there's some really strong guys in a class. So I'm almost called a class six. Mm -hmm. Um, There's 11 different classifications in Mm -hmm. para table tennis. So Mm -hmm. you've got one to five is wheelchair, one being the most severe, like uh, quadriplegic. Mm -hmm. Um, And you got standing is six to 10, where, yeah, as you see, it goes up where. The most of the tens would be like uh, missing one part of an arm, mm-hmm. so it's not doesn't affect table tennis too much because you can sort of still yeah. th- throw the ball up with your elbow, or you can throw the ball up to serve off your racket. And then, that's remarkable, really. You see, uh, some, yeah, 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 wow, that's that's really impressive. Yeah, but you so, see people how they improvise, really, and they still yeah, that's right. Like, despite the challenges, yeah. There's even if there's even a few Paralympians that have made it into the Olympics. So we got one 
Yeah, we've got one in Australia, uh, Melissa Tapper. And ah, yes, another, Melissa Tapper, I remember yeah. watching her on TV a couple of years ago. Mm. Yep, yeah. So she's uh, she's the, the poster girl of Table Tennis Australia. Oh, Is that yeah, right? She's an absolute world, world, worldwide star. She's a yeah. uh, legend, a good mate, good mate of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also her biggest rival is uh, Natalia Partica from Poland, mm-hmm. uh, who is actually like um, multiple uh, Paralympic gold medalist mm-hmm. and also yeah, top 50 in the world in Olympics. So, yeah, she's a star as well. That's interesting that you have athletes that are able to compete under the two, two different classifications, you know, the Paralympics and the Olympics. Um, yeah. In your particular situation, you know, when you were competing without the classification, you know, what were some of the challenges you faced? Um, so I'll, I wouldn't say too, too many because mm-hmm. I just played for fun. Sure. Uh, I played, played at the social club. Like mm-hmm. I knew that I wasn't physically capable of being some of the, top guys so mm. i suppose that can be a little bit of a downer sometimes but mm. um I, I always you know relished the challenge pl- played for fun yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a, it was a real social thing mm. I, I reckon i actually struggled to get into that high performance sort of mindset mm-hmm. um from you know just wanting to wanting to just go down to the club and have a hit after work to sure. yeah. you know, all of a sudden it's kind of like my job to yeah, go out and yeah, yeah. matches you know um but it's interesting you see that with professional athletes at times don't you you know that they say that perhaps they're not in love with the sport or that they're uh you know it, it, it sort of changes yeah. the dynamic um yeah you hear that hobby yeah. becomes a profession yeah the job yeah when, yeah i i always have to keep a fun element of it you know i, I, sure. I always make tr- training fun, always have a bit of banter with the guys at the local club, yeah. uh, even national tournaments. Yeah, I'm pretty much a lot of my rivals, we're also friends, you know, we, sure. we talk off the table and, yeah. you know, it's always uh, fun. But um, well, I think you find that in a yeah. lot of courts as well, don't you, Trev? It's, uh, you know, you, your combatants on the court or on the on the pitch or whatever it may be, but you know, yeah. once, that, once that game's over... Yeah, I guess that's, a, that's the Olympic spirit, really, isn't it? That's what it's really about. Yeah, exactly right. There's a lot of camaraderie amongst um, sportsmen and women across the world, um, in particular sports. So, yeah, it's, a, it's a respect thing as well. You know, there's, you know that people have worked hard to get where they are. So, you, you, yeah, there's, yeah, there's the odd, you know, little little spark of hate here and there. You know, there, sure, there's yeah. some, there's some good rivals, um, yeah, across the world, especially when you get down to that, those metal content. Tension matches, you know, it's, uh, yeah. can get a bit, a no bit fiery. So. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's You're fighting it. for a yeah, spot gotta, on the podium. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. You, you got to, you got to be there and, and want to win. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You mentioned before that you know it was sort of later in your twenties that you you found out about the para world, uh, if that makes sense. Tell us a little bit more about that. What's you know what sort of other roles are there around um, Paralympians? and the para sports in general. Um, you know, this is obviously a, a career-based uh, channel that we have here. So very curious to see what kind of support roles perhaps around the Paralympians do, do you find? Yeah, so the whole Paralympic movement is mm. a humanitarian movement, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a lot of the organisations align themselves um, mm. around the United Nations um, Sustainable Development Goals and, sure. yeah, the... International Paralympic Committee is is one of them. So there's always like um, 
lots of projects going on about social inclusion, uh, mm-hmm. gender equality, mm-hmm. um, yeah, equal opportunity, um, you know, sort of uh, health goals, um, uh, yeah, education goals. There's a lot of aspects uh, involved when you look at the, the whole Paralympic movement. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty fortunate I've been involved in a few projects um, mm-hmm. throughout Oceania and, uh, and Asia mm-hmm. um, to sort of support um, uh, development communities um, yeah. and f- through, through the love of, ta- of table tennis. Right. Uh, so we had, um, yeah, we had a project in uh, Fiji uh, right. where we sort of all came together. Um, it was like the first ever Oceania development camp for table tennis. Mm. And, you know, in certain countries, disability is really, really hidden away. Is that right? Like, uh, yeah, you, you, you almost wouldn't see anyone in a wheelchair at the local mall or you wouldn't see, you know, a, a lot of disability is seen as a curse, uh, looked down upon and... It's terrible. Like, yeah, like, you- I think... Is part of that because of limited accessibility um, to to the sports and to yeah that's that's, that's right um, it's um, it's a stigma that's um, attached to disability that's that people think that you you can't work that people think that you can't be educated mm. that people maybe think that you're, you're useless to society mm. uh, it's simply not true you know you, of you, you look around the world is. The, there's amazing people with disability. Um, just look at Stephen Hawking, for example. You know, absolutely, um, yeah, absolute genius. So, um, it sounds to me, Trev, that you know the the role of Paralympics, of the Paralympics, and you know the para sports in general, is really part of a, a larger um, role. That yeah. you mentioned the UN yeah. really trying to bring down barriers to get more people uh, represented yeah, different activities. That's yeah. that's actually what the um, the project I was involved in, it's called Smash Down Barriers. <laughs> there um, you go, didn't yeah, know that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a good so name. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I've I'll, been, I'll re- like, it's been really amazing to witness mm. some of these guys, um, some of the players at the, that first Oceania development camp from mm. many countries um, in the Pacific mm-hmm. um, who were almost, like, almost getting out of their house for the first time in a while. Like, they hadn't, they hadn't, you know, they were kept at home by their families, by their villages, by their communities. From from a place of from a place of like to protect them. Is that the the sort of the the logic yeah, be, that goes along? Yeah, because they were because they're looked down upon, and it's seen as you've done something bad in your life, so this is what you deserve. Yeah, really. That yeah yeah that's horrible. Like, it, I, I won't name the country, but one of the countries in the eighties. Uh, an Australian woman went there to set up a uh, a disability school, mm-hmm. and the the prime minister or the leader of that country said, "No, we don't have people with disability here. That's a European thing." Yeah, and it wasn't what, until what could possibly be meant by that. That that's that, that's exactly what he meant. He says, "Oh, we don't have them there," and obviously they were hidden away where the some people, their families would not live. That person live in their house. They had to live uh, in a shed with animals and things like that. 
that's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, yeah. I'm glad we've, we've moved a long way from that now. And so yeah, the, the world, the world's moved on. Yeah. The world's moved on, but not to the level where we see it in Australia. Yeah. There is uh, some other uh, development countries around the world, even some of the top countries around the world, you, you would see that like yeah, disabilities is still frowned upon. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, people aren't educated, uh, people aren't sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, yeah, so, so going back to that, that first development camp where I, uh, I met some people who were maybe not, not in rehab from accidents or injury, but um, maybe coming out of it and uh, fit and willing to play tail tennis mm -hmm. and to see them grow, become established players in their countries and then become leaders, become coaches, Wow. And then start doing, start doing community work. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> you all right, Trev? Yeah, as you can see, yeah. I... Bit of emotion. Yeah. Good on you, Trev. That's really powerful work. And I tell you what, as an Australian, listening to you explaining the work that's being done and, and really raising the, the profile of disability and all those people that are affected throughout the world. As an Australian, I'm incredibly proud of you. And I'm sure anyone watching this um, would feel the same way. That's, that's incredible work you're doing. And look at the lives that you've been able to impact and will continue to impact. And I'm hoping this video um, can... Can, can impact some people's lives as well and, and move away from that stigma because it, it is um, very archaic and, and ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, I, I, I think in certain ways I want to get involved more in, mm -hmm. in, in this type of work, um, mm -hmm. you know, because it's, it's pretty re rewarding as well. Like once you, you do see these people grow and they're, yeah. they're mates of yours, you know, it's, um, sure. yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Wow. And have you had other experiences, you know, with, you mentioned projects and you mentioned international committees. Have you served on anything like that or had any opportunities? Yeah. At, at a, at a um, I don't like to do things sort of, um, I, every time I do things, I like to do things a hundred percent. So I'm, I can, I can see your passion there. Drew. Yeah, I really can. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really involved, um, as an athlete rep. Um, so it, in 2015, I sort of discovered this where I was almost accidentally nominated to be the Australian rep to represent Oceania in para table tennis. Mm -hmm. So I got onto the international para board, um, for the, the players committee, and then very, very quickly elected to chair within that committee. Right. Um, so that sort of pushed me into the world of sort of board meetings and things like that, where all of a sudden I was sitting next to the um, vice president of International Table Tennis Federation and didn't really even know who he was. <laughs> so uh, they, ma they made um, a suit out of your trip? Yeah, yeah. Do, yeah, do you yeah, have your yeah. own blue blazer? I don't have a blue blazer. No, no. <laughs> I've got my Australian uh, yeah, tracksuit sure jacket. That'll, that'll do me, mate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that lasted for a while, um, and that was strictly like a, a para role. Mm -hmm. uh, we did some good work there, 
uh, and then that disbanded and then a year or so later got opportunity to run for the International Athletes Commission mm -hmm. for, for table tennis mm -hmm. and that's like a combined para and um, Olympic. Yeah. So I got uh, elect, voted in, elected for that and for, yeah, that's next level again. There's a lot of good work uh, that goes on in there. There's I think five or six Olympic medalists, gold medalists. So like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm working alongside absolute legends of the sport, uh, which is pretty bloody cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really cool. And um, yeah, we, there's a lot of um, respect between all of us. And yeah, recently uh, within Oceania, uh, I've been to chair of like, the same type of committee where it's para and Olympic. Mm -hmm. um, I've been represented, um, elected as chair um, yeah, for ITTF Oceania. So I like to look after my region where I've done some of this development work because I think that's, yeah, that's probably what I'm most passionate about. That's um, yeah, the Oceania region because we're, we're only a new region before mm -hmm. we were Oceania and Asia. Sure. And now we've we've broken away. We've sort of got our own pathways for um, world championships and Paralympics. So it's um yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. Place a bit of a focus on some of those specific um, island nations, as you were mentioning before, which would otherwise get lost in in the shuffle of the Asian classification. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Being able to, you know, th there's been some really good funding projects uh, come from from like that the UN and um, the, the ITTF Foundation, the, the Smashdown Barriers Project, ITTF Oceania. So there is a lot of uh, funding going in. There's the right people involved to, to get it all set up. Mm -hmm. And then now we're finding more people in these countries that are willing to do the work and, and get the ball rolling. So, yeah, that's been, yeah, that's been, that's sort of where we're at, where we're now finding people in the remote islands like Tonga, Samoa, Cook Islands, Tahiti, Fiji, yeah, they're, you know, Solomon Islands, they're all doing a lot of good tablets development work there and, um, yeah, helping improve people's lives. It's, yeah, it's most important. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I'm still learning about um, the ins and outs of para sport and how it compares to, um, you know, like your Olympic sport or, or whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, what's the distinction between, I mean, you've spoken a fair bit about inclusion and participation and, and you know, removing that stigma from, um, that sad stigma from some of the, the countries that still hold disability in that uh, mindset. Um, how do you balance between, you know, the idea of a high performance culture and, you know, meeting those inclusion goals and, and making sure that, you know, it is representative of people of different countries? Yeah. Um, so, you would say that para sport across the board at the Paralympics mm. is almost strictly high performance. Okay. There's there's no one who's there who doesn't deserve to be there, who doesn't work hard, who isn't a professional. Mm. Everyone's, you know, busting the gut to, to try and qualify for the Paralympics. Um, sure. they're, they're supported by their countries. There is some kind of funding structure and it, it, but it, no, nobody walks into the Paralympics, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, para sport in, in general mm. yeah you, you kind of have a mixture of participation uh, because yeah, not, not everyone's going to meet high performance targets but of course yes 
but sport, yeah, but sport's going to get you out and about. It's going to get you active. You're going to mm. feel healthy. You're going to feel good, mm. um, and you're going to make friends. You know, it's 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 yeah, pretty awesome. You know that you can actually find that level playing field to to compete at. You know, mm. and yeah, for most of my life, I didn't really know about this or know I was. I want to play were, Paris sport. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you were too busy yeah. uh, creaming the competition without the classification, huh? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I was happy to beat the the local the local club, you know, um, mm. yeah, and then then have a beer and a biscuit afterwards. You know, it's yeah. um, that's how it worked. A cup of tea and coffee after the game. You know, yeah. it's that's how it was. Absolutely. So, what would you say some of the challenges that you know? And, and I'm wondering about you know, some of the funding that can go along for para-athletes. I can imagine it's not cheap to travel around the world and to, you know, maintain a uh, professional uh, training regime. How does that yeah, work for a yeah. para or, or a para-athlete, I should say? Yeah. Um, I'd say, uh, like, it's pretty similar to sports in general where a lot of athletes wanting to be professional do have to pay out of their own pocket mm-hmm. um, around the world. Yeah. Um, if you want, you want, you want to make it to the big time, you sort of got to do the hard yards. Um, mm. It's, it's very tough to find sponsors. Um, it's um, the like government funding structures differ all around the world. Mm. Uh, so like maybe in Australia, swimming, cycling, athletics would have a high amount of funding. Uh, table tennis is a pretty minor sport in Australia. So we, we don't have access to too much funding. Mm. Um, some some governments around the world would support participation numbers, whereas some some would support the high performance targets. Um, I suppose if if the if I do like um, raise my own personal gain to a higher level, mm-hmm. achieve a higher world ranking, then yeah, I, I can hit those targets and and get more funding. Mm-hmm. Um, Bit of pressure on you there, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yes, some countries around the world have. Yeah, like full-on programs where all your living expenses are paid for, your housing, your, your travel, or your competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say in table tennis, there's maybe ten to twenty percent that are, are like that that are fully funded, earn a living from from table tennis, like not through sponsors, through mm-hmm. through government grants and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and and the funding throughout the, the table tennis. Um, uh, federation of, of each of those countries, uh, but yeah, n- yeah, not a lot of countries would have that uh, in. So yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot, lot of people have big sponsors. They do you know, some some of the guys I know they've done their own uh, car washing to raise money, things like that. So yeah, you, just got the hustle, on, hey? <laughs> if if there's a will, there's a way, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you get to chase your dreams, really, at the end of the day. Um, that's it. really finding yeah. your why, as we say, and Brock Wilson Blueprint. Um, I suppose uh, it's interesting you raised before that um, there is, you know, there's there's lots of different uh, role models in the in the Paris sports industry. You, you sort of said that, you know, you played alongside um, Melissa Tapper and some of those international competitions and different things that you saw. Who are the ones we should look out for, Trey? What are the real superstars in uh, the Paris sports that we should keep our eye on? Yeah, so uh, I I never really grew up having Paralympians as 
you know, my, my heroes or anything, but mm. I'm sure there are a lot of young young people out there with disability who do look up to heroes like sort of Kurt Fernley or uh, Dylan Alcott, um, mm. Louise Savage, um, yeah, Melissa Tava. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the the ones that I follow closely are um, paracyclist Carol Cook, mm-hmm. um, originally from Canada and yeah, competes for Australia. Absolute ah. legend. We, we, Absolute. we snuck her in, did we? Oh, I think she snuck in her own accord, right? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, absolute legend. Um, Kurt Fernley, of course, uh, wheelchair marathon racer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another teammate of mine, D- Danny DeToro, who has switched from tennis, mm-hmm. wheelchair tennis, to uh, I think five times Paralympian at wheelchair tennis, wow. former world number one. Uh, and now in table tennis. Uh, there, there, there's some transferable skills there, Trev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, it's tougher than you'd think from <laughs> uh, from from tennis to to table tennis. Mm. But, um, yeah, Danny is now lining up her seventh Paralympics, I think, and wow. heading to Tokyo as as the uh, Paralympic captain of the, the whole team. Um, you got Melissa, of course. I spoke about, and I think the other. Captain, uh, and this guy is an absolute warrior, um, Riley Bat from uh, Wheelchair Rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, wheelchair yeah, just rugby. Wow. Wheelchair Rugby type yeah. Riley Bat, Riley Bat uh, training camp accident into YouTube, and yeah, you'll you'll be blown away. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and then some of my direct competitors that I look up to uh, in table tennis. Uh, there's a oh, there's an amazing guy David Weatherall from from England, mm. um, you, or from from Great Britain. You, he pulled off a miraculous shot in the 2012 uh, London Paralympics. He sort of um, he uses crutches for mm. mobility. Mm. He's sort of di- dived and hit this miraculous shot that went viral it, around the world. Is this findable on YouTube? Can we can we pull this? One oh, up? absolutely. Yeah, All right. David I might uh, have a look in the link below. I'll, uh, I might. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you yeah, go. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, but he's like, he's a fitness fanatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's got muscles upon muscles and <laughs> just really uh, well spoken. He's done a few TEDx talks um, sure. or t- TED talks. Yeah. Uh, he's really inspirational, re- really outspoken about um, inclusion and yeah, uh, Natalia Partika from Poland, who's mm-hmm. just a prime example of uh, what you can achieve in the world of sport, uh, mm-hmm. even if you have a disability. So, uh, yeah, Fantastic. ultimate professional. Yeah, yeah. and there yeah. really should be more of a spotlight on these role models um, that people, because we know that you need you need something to model yourself after. And if you are a, yeah. a a young person with a disability or potentially thinking that your options in sport are limited, well, that's not always the case. You know, you may yeah. have a Trevor Hurt type story where you know you play something recreationally um, within your bounds of your disability, and yet, you know, if you were actually playing against people with the same classification, you might be a, an Australian champion actually yeah. as well. So, yeah, yeah. like this, mm. it's it's not uncommon because. Yeah, people acquire injuries, and yeah. that can lead them to to para sport. Uh, sure. Yeah. You know, um, exactly. some kind of w- workplace injury or uh, a car crash, uh, mm-hmm. or a rugby rugby player with a 
yeah. often have the, the spinal cord injuries, you know, and then they, they take up para sport. So it's, um, yeah, you, you can, you know, you, you never wish that upon anyone, but mm. it, it can't, it happens. You know, something like that. It can open up to always, you know. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, so what would your advice be, Trey, for someone who was looking um, to get into para sport? Yeah, it's, um, I think it's the same as anyone wanting to get into sports. You, you mm. got to have a, passion for it you know mm-hmm. you would um you, you if you're just starting out and you want to, you want to try out uh, a sport that that you like you, you source out your local club mm-hmm. you maybe get um get your family or get some of your friends involved um you, you go there you, you got to have fun you know you you, you got to like enjoy what you're doing mm-hmm. um yeah you, you know the, i think your local club is you can always reach out for them to support you they might be able to find pathways to the state championship uh, they might be able to improve training they might be able to uh, supply a coach for you yeah. um, you get into your state level you might be able to reach national level and then you know you you might you might be going to the the paris 2024 la 2028 or Brisbane 2032. Fingers crossed on that one, hey? Um, yeah, I think, yeah. Well, well I suppose it's uh, it, it's really a mindset that you're talking about there. I mean, you're really looking at it from the perspective of, you know, these, if people do have a disability, they should be looking for the opportunities and the pathways and the potential that they could pursue rather than seeing those barriers and going, well, no, I couldn't. I couldn't play rugby. I have a disability, or I couldn't play this because I have a disability. Where yeah, yeah. I don't know that actually. Well, um, it may like, be there. like, what the Paralympics is going to be on this year, and it's mm. a big two-week event. But mm. there's also so much more than just the Paralympic sports out there. Mm. Um, there's uh, in Victoria we have a a balloon football league, which a is balloon? for people. Yeah, it's it's people with severe complex disabilities wow. and uh, predominantly wheelchair users and they'll have an assistant to, to push them around on the field, which is on a, a basketball court or maybe two basketball courts together. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's like a modified version of AFL, Aussie rules. Wow. Um, that sounds yeah, fascinating. Uh, I, I yeah, uh, we'll have to have awesome. a look at a clip of that uh, here as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. So Balloon Football League, like they, the end of the season, they even have a, Brownlow Medal at the Dockland Stadium. Is that so right? it's, yeah, it's it's a full on, yeah, it's a full on, yeah, uh, like a- amateur league, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's one I've luckily uh, been involved in in the past, and yeah, pr- yeah, yeah, pr- pr- yeah, it's 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 fun, it's absolute fun. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I want to see it. I'm really excited yeah. to actually have a look at this yeah. now, and and I think um, how inclusive it is is, is certainly. Uh, the key point there as well. It's wonderful. Yeah. What about, um, and we are a careers focused uh, uh, program here. Um, what would your advice be to someone who was looking to perhaps work um, in the para sport industry? Yeah. Um, first of all, you shouldn't be scared of para sport. Mm. There's, um, there's maybe a, a lot you'll learn, but there's a lot that if you believe you, you have the skills to work in sport, then mm. You've already got the skills. You'll you'll learn how to adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you've you know you've got the, the passion, you know you'll 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 want to care about 
the athletes, if you want to be like a coach or a physio or you want to do admin or what, whatever you want to get involved in power sport, um, you know, you, you treat people fairly and equally, um, you know, and yeah, you, you back yourself, you know, you, you, it's a, it's a great industry to be involved in para sport. Like you, you don't hear any stories of, you don't hear many stories of bitterness or things that have gone wrong. Uh, it's like, it's like one big family, I, I suppose, you know, everyone's um, realizes that extra responsibility of the, the Paralympic movement, you know, mm-hmm. where you, yeah, those underlying, you know, UN sustainable goals, you know, they're all, they're all in there somewhere. And there's, um, yeah, a lot of positivity. Yeah. Getting involved in para sport, yeah, they'll change your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Trev, your story is truly an inspirational one. And, you know, you're not just representing your country, you're also representing um, disability and, and people who, perhaps look at at stigmas or limitations on what they can do rather than the opportunities. And you're really, I I think going back to what you said before about breaking down barriers is the name of the tournament. I think that's a really great way to look at it and look at those opportunities. And I think you're a perfect example of what can be achieved once you you shift your focus a little bit and you you have a look at um, what are the opportunities in front of you rather than the the, the limitations that you have. Trevor, we're all very proud of you. Um, how could we find you if we want to reach out to you on social media? Because I'm sure there's going to be some people very interested in your story. Yeah, cool. You can uh, find me on the regular socials, Insta, Facebook, Twitter, um, at Trev to Tokyo or hashtag Trev to Tokyo. Uh, yep. I also got um, Trevor Hearth on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, always, always listening out for sponsorship opportunities. Um, I've recently Get signed up with people. What a story! Yeah, yeah. recently signed up with um, Pickstar, which um, offers ke- keynote speaking, motivational speaking. Um, I can do uh, disability awareness programs um, like video requests, Zoom meetings. Um, yeah, so that's Trevor Hearth on P- Pickstar. I think it's. Uh, company run by Matthew Pavlich, former, sure. former yeah. AFL footballer. Yeah. You'll have these details up in front of you at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Trevor, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And you look, I'm sure plenty of people are sitting here feeling inspired listening to you as I am. So thank you for your time. And perhaps we could get you back for another interview uh, after the Paralympics and we can check in with how you went. Right. Yeah, I'll be back uh, after the Paralympics. I'll speak to you in person and I might even get to try on the blue blazer. Oh, so, mate, it's going to take a gold medal to get that off. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I might just bring one home. hope so, mate. We're all rooting for you and we'll be cheering you on um, from, from afar. Fingers crossed. All the best, mate. Uh, thanks very much, Brock. Pleasure. Bye.